looked dead, didn't I? Which is ridiculous, cause witches they were persecuted, wicked, good and love the earth and women power, and I'll be over here. Bad as shit, even super women couldn't put their hands on this. Feminist, a person who believes in the social, political, and economic equality of the sexes. with Maria Lewis. Hey, and welcome to F Year Film and Feminism. Uh, my name is Maria Lewis. I'm your co-hostie and producer with The Mosty. And today we are joined by the founding member of F Year Film and Feminism and your former co-hostie with The Mosty, Karis Bazaka. Hello. Hey, how's it Hello. going? I'm good. It's so nice to have you back. Oh, it's so nice to be back. I mean, it's been great because, you know, since you left, we have... <laughs> it's been great since you left. Thanks. I really enjoyed it. The end. No, it's been great since you left having the idea of, like, there can never be a replacement for you, so we'll have different women and, you know, people from the film community each week, so it's been a lot of different voices and stuff like that mm-hmm. and a lot of different perspectives. But having you back feels like home. Aww, thanks. How nice we started this, and also um, over two years I have, ago, shit. I have now brought my own little movie Feminist character. Dogger. <laughs> um, yes, my my dog is here today. Yes. So if um, at all I seem distracted or like I need to let her outside or something, that is why. And so, what is your dog's name? Um, for... It is Ripley. <laughs> have very FEF film and feminism yes you. yes um I felt like it was a requirement for me to it was. Uh, it was. have a movie related yeah uh name and naturally Sigourney Weaver badass total badass yeah stop chewing my total junk. badass need to get another one like a pit bull it's called Vasquez or something yeah sure yeah well someone said I should get a cat called Jonesy oh I've always have Ripley I've always wanted a ginger cat <laughs> And good to have me called Jonesy or like a little dog with like matted hair called Newt. You know what I mean? Those dogs that look like brooms, you know, that specific yes. type of dog. I'd what? want to call a dog like that Chewy though. Chewy. Uh, Chewy. Uh, I don't know. What? So done? Um, Being done? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like there's a lot of dogs out there called Chewy. I'm just yeah. over it, you know? Yeah, sure. Where's the dogs called Jabba? <laughs> True. Hashtag justice for Jabba. Um, This week we are talking about Wonder Woman, the Wonder Woman movie, which is something that Karis and I have been waiting a really long time for. So it seemed totes appropriate, totes appropriate, totes appropriate to have you on talking about Wonder Woman, and especially because you saved me a bunch of Wonder Woman goodies. I know. That's true friendship. Oh my god! The Australian (laughs) premiere for Wonder Woman was on, and I missed it to fly to New Zealand for a work thing at the last minute. So Karis, she kept a goodie bag for me full of Wonder Woman pop finals and a key ring and 
Oh, the pen. The pen. the pen. And girl, you I know me and pen. pens. Yeah. I'm obsessed with pens. I have yeah. a very large pen collection. You are also obsessed with the pop vinyls. I do love. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> In my house. I can't. This, they did a it's power puff. Like <laughs> it's literally, if I could build a house with a bricks with just pop vinyls, <laughs> I'd be so happy with that. Be careful, Diana. I do not deserve you. But yeah, Wonder Woman, we've waited fucking over 75 years to see this movie on the screen, and now it's finally happened. I was happened. like, how old are you? Um. <laughs> <laughs> and there's all this time. I've always been here, Karis. Um, yeah, what did you think? Um, uh, I loved it. Shocker. I just, yeah, I know. Um, I just, from your voice then, I just wanted to be like, Martha. But um, anyway, there was no... Oh my God. No, thankfully, there was no. a tweet. I can't remember who tweeted this, so I can't give them full credit. I'm sorry. But um, there was someone who tweeted, and then, like, my biggest relief was finding out that Wonder Woman's mother's name was Hippolyta and not Martha. <laughs> Martha. That anyway. so good. It was great that there wasn't a Martha reference. Thank um, fuck. No, I, I loved it. I really loved it. And um, a key way of me knowing how much I love a movie mm. is if I walk out of the cinema thinking that I want to walk back in and watch it again. So true. And Especially um, in this country where it's minimum $25 to see so a movie. So expensive, yeah. And so... Um, Even though we see quite a lot of them for free, but still, like, the ones where you're like, I'm willing to pay for this. Yeah, and you want to contribute to the box office yeah. and stuff. Um, so I actually saw it the second time for yes. my birthday. Oh, shit. That was Happy part of my birthday, birthday things. But, uh, yeah. It's been a couple of weeks. It's okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you didn't miss it. You're fine. Um, I totally sent a text at the end of the day, really. I would be <laughs> texting back and forth because we got one matching Wonder Woman jackets that are pretty fucking <laughs> yes. sick. They haven't arrived yet. Oh, my God. Karis and I have always We're had this dream excited. of getting pink ladies jackets. <laughs> But we found pink ladies' jackets that say daughters of the mascara on them. And we were like, yes! They're so cool. And so we're organising those. And then I found out it was Karis' birthday. And I was like, it's your fucking birthday? What? (laughs) Stealthy motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah, so I've seen it twice now. Um, I I loved it on so many levels. Um, And I just thought... I thought Gal Gadot just killed it. I thought she was amazing in it. She did a really good job of balancing the lethalness of Wonder Woman, the deadliness of her, because it's a character that's never been afraid to kill, and that's kind of been something that's had her sort of butting heads with Batman and Superman over the years. But to also balance that with the naivety and yes. the sense of wonderment. Yeah. Wonder is like such a big part of it. She's literally called Wonder Woman. But she she really captured that so well. There was a lot of like Linda Carter qualities to her. Yeah. Which I wasn't expecting. Like, Linda Carter really... I don't know, man. She had that... It was that school of, like, Christopher Reeve swashbuckling superhero with his, like, a twinkle in the eye. Mm. And I really enjoyed that, especially in a world where it's, like, the characters that had so much hope have just had the joy sucked out of them in the DC universe. Yeah, totally. And, that, like, that was the thing. Like, it was just a movie that I thought was so enjoyable. That mm. it was so... Uh, it's something that you really could watch again and, like... And um, we have. And especially, like you said, with the DC world being so um, kind of, well, not depressing. Joyless. Yeah. Though. It's yeah. joyless, you know? I think it was it was really interesting because I think that started as they were making out to have a real point of difference between them and Marvel. Um, and so they're like, oh, well, if Marvel are doing, like, fun, good, light movies, we'll yeah, do colourful movies. Bad, <laughs> depressing movies. <laughs> with, with no colour. But um, <laughs> while that can work for a Batman story, 
the thing that makes a character like Superman or why he's been popular for 80, 80 ish years is because he is all American boy and he is the epitome of. It's all about hope. Right. Yeah. But then when you give us like emo Superman for no good fucking reason and his dad, like when Park Kent is a cunt, then you're like, <laughs> well, hang on a second. <laughs> like Superman gets all his American values and belief system from his parents. And what if one of those parents is you know, a fucking dickhead um, who's like, nah, let me just get tornadoed. It's all good. It's cool. Stay there for some vague reason. Oh, God. So, like, that kind of stuff, you know, you have a problem because it's people who inherently don't understand the characters. Yeah. But I think this is, by having Patty Jenkins direct this, right, we always talk about the difference between the female gaze and the male gaze. Yeah. Every woman... Even if they're not a fan of Wonder Woman, the character, every woman understands why she's important mm-hmm. and they understand why she means so much to them. And I was trying to explain this to um, uh, to, to a, a guy who had mm. seen it. Yeah. Um, and I was saying to him, I, I don't know quite know how to express it, but whenever I watch an Avengers film or something... Um, you know, obviously I love all the characters, but mm. I particularly love like the Black Widows yeah. and Scarlet Witches and stuff. Because you and always associate with a version of yourself. Yeah. You and I'm waiting for those moments yeah. when they're on. Yeah. And like, those are generally my favorite parts. Like is when yeah. those characters beep, are there. Beep. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... I love Age of Ultron. I'm not ashamed <laughs> to say it. Um, I know people, a lot of people don't like that movie, but I really enjoy it. Uh, it was okay. It wasn't my favorite, but you know, it was up there. It was, it was, it was all right. Um, anyway, so I'm always waiting for those characters. And then with Wonder Woman, it's a whole, it's a whole movie. movie of those and characters. It's such, it's, it's such a novelty. Like oh that God. just doesn't happen. But so... it's also like, it's not as if she's the only female who's strong in the movie. No. It's like the first 20 minutes, it like not um, only passes the Robin Wright. test, it basically like... <laughs> Fuck hates the <laughs> Like it takes a sword. To oh it. my god! Hey, remember Princess Buttercup? Here she is, like bouncing off a shield and shooting three arrows into dudes simultaneously. Oh my god! I never even thought about it that way. Oh, that's the best. Oh my that's god! Like, that's hilarious. That's like every like you know, not like Princess Buttercup has agency and stuff, but she is very much the ideal of a you know stereotypical princess and like mm. a, definitely a man's idea of like what it is to be like a damsel in distress if you will right up to the like i must kill myself because things didn't work out um but it's like a really nice like feminist call and a response i yeah. guess i just love that shot as well the shield <sighs> shot so dude cool. the first 20 minutes you don't see a dude until he's like falls into the <laughs> ocean it's fucking great yeah and also like just the world Her response are you a man? Yeah, like, are you a, are you average for your yeah. Um Even the world is so deep and diverse. One of my big worries was when they released um, one of the first publicity stills for Wonder Woman, and it was Hapalta, it was um, Aniope, I don't know, that's a happy nice name. Uh, Robin Wright, Pan's character. Uh, just Robin Wright. I have to, she got rid of that ticket. Robin Wright's character. <laughs> oh, it's getting worse. Yes. Gal Gadot and another chick. And a lot of people were like, where are the women of colour? And I was like, yeah, fair fucking enough. Like, where are they? And in the movie, they were everywhere. They were at all levels mm-hmm. of the system. You know, you have the huge, tough, strong woman of colour who is like, she's like the chick you have to take down the when you're training. One. She's amazing. Oh my God, I loved her. But yeah. then also um, there's a bit where Diana turns to her and she says, excuse me, Senator. And that was another woman of colour. And there were women of all different ages and gen... Oh, what are doing this? All women of all different ages and sizes and strengths and backgrounds and 
the youngest there would have been maybe late 20s. Most of the women were all older. Mm. And it's very rare that you see a cast populated with women of that age, like not the like primo Hollywood male executive fuckable age, getting to be front and center in the story. Yeah. And Etta Candy as well. Oh, my God. I wish she had a thousand more scenes. Which Lucy Davis's character. That's how we're going to get the vote. Oh, <laughs> I'm not opposed she to the spot of fisticuffs. Yeah. <laughs> it's Etta Candy. I'm Steve Trevor's secretary. What is a secretary? I go where he tells me to go and I do what he tells me to do. Yeah, well, where I'm from, that's called slavery. I really like her. Fantastic. Oh, Ladies, up for you. I do. I like her. Loved uh, her. Oh, I, I like and her. I really liked all the fish out of water type things. Yeah. I thought that was oh, really Oh, look, cute. a baby. Yeah, yeah. But she's <laughs> never seen a baby before. Yeah. Like, because she was the baby yes. of the island. Um, and even the, the fantastic, like, while yes, men are biologically necessary for reproduction, it's we've determined that they're not necessary for yeah. pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that was great. Yeah. <laughs> Implying that, yeah, I've had an orgasm before and it was not with a man. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it with my friend who was a lesbian and her comment on that part was like, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the fun thing of like the first time you see it with like a like a civilian public and like not at like a, you know, a film critic screening or whatever is the amount of women, like, grown-ass women, like, mums and grandmothers yeah. who are, like, open-air whooping and, like, throwing up their hands. And, like, I just saw it for the third time last night at a charity screening for a friend and I was sitting behind these ladies who had all been in their 50s and it was the first time seeing it and there was about five of them and they'd all gone together and they were, like, throwing up the peace sign in the cinema and, like, clapping and whooping and shit. I, I feel like it's more than a movie. Oh, it's a movie. Do you movement. know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's exactly. a movie. It's like a... Finally, mate, you should see the way like those shelves and toy stores have been absolutely pillaged. Oh, I sent you that photo of my little cousins. Um, yeah, so it's my cousin's daughter. I don't know what that makes my second cousin. Anyway, whatever. She's um, she's like seven. Yeah. Uh, and she's super cute, and she has this little Wonder Woman Lego set. So cute. And I was like, that's the when I saw it I was so excited and so I took a photo of it and I sent it to Maria and I was like it used to be that thing like for us growing up I had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the only woman in that was April O'Neil but also like we you had to buy every bit of Wonder Woman merch that you saw because it was so rare that you would find some Wonder Woman merch oh yeah and whereas now it's at this point where it's like, oh my God, there is a whole generation. And this is why, again, same with Moana, one of the reasons that I was super excited that that movie was great, but also that it did really well because box office speaks and it's called show business at the end of the day. So if it does good business, mm. it means they're going to make more movies like that, that are inclusive and diverse. But in the other thing though, that's great about all the, the merch side of things is that box office hasn't necessarily translated into merchandising nope. in the past. No, it hasn't. You know, there wasn't Ray. Like, there, yeah. wasn't, there was, like, that Where's Ray hashtag yeah. and things like that. And I yeah. think the same with Black Widow. Yes, was, oh, my God. Where her parts Natasha. literally get fucking replaced in Captain Yeah, the, by motorbike, Captain. Oh, the God, motorbike. Don't even. Um, toy. But... So, like, that's really cool that, yeah. you know, it is translating into the merchandise. And they're finally getting it. Yeah. People yeah. are starting to get it. But, but now I, there's, like, a whole generation of kids who are going to grow up never not having 
female merch. Yeah. And you know how fucking but cool I also, that is. I also love that, um, like, someone I know took their son to see Wonder mm. Woman and he loved it. Yes. And so, like, he's growing up in a world where, like, this movie is just, like, yeah. something cool that he watched. So, this really is. Liked. There's, when I went to see the movie, I was really sick. I'd just gotten back from Wellington. I got the Wellywood flu. And I was feeling like death, but I was like, I gotta see this fucking movie. I missed the Australian premiere to go to New Zealand, and now I've come back <laughs> sick, and so I was spewing. And so I had like, I got changed into, I had this Wonder Woman dress, and I put on the gold fisticuffs, no, what are they, wrist cuffs? And then I had a Wonder Woman hair bow, and I was like head to toe decked out in Wonder Woman. And I was going into the movie, and this little boy was going in with his dad, and he would have been about eight, and he had a bucket full of popcorn, and he looked at me, and he was like, so startled that he dropped the bucket of popcorn oh. because he was like what and he was just like staring at me open mouth and so I did the little pew pew with like my wrists <laughs> and stuff and he was like ah oh. like it was the coolest thing he'd ever seen and I do not look like Gal Gadot but it was just like seeing a grown-ass lady just like Wonder Woman and little kids being ex- little boys being excited for that yeah it's cool yeah it was awesome <coughs> um yeah, I really enjoyed it. I I thought that there were like at times like I thought the dialogue was like a little cheesy, but I, I like that though. I think But it didn't bother me. Well, like, I think they were smart to do the what the Marvel trick. Like Captain America First Avenger is my favorite Marvel movie still to this day, and I love it. And one of the reasons I love it is it's like how do you take an old-timey character and make them modern? And the way you do that is by starting them in the place where they had those values. So then when they are the fish out of water, it makes sense. And so I really like the things that were cheesy they're weren't cheesy quite, back they're then. Both, uh, they're earnest. Earnest. They're earnest. super earnest. Yeah. And that makes sense then. Like, it gave, when you see, like, Steve Rogers in the Avengers movies and, like, later it's, like, the swear jar and all those kind of jokes. It's all those things are informed and funny to the audience mm. because you got to go with him on that first journey where you get it. Mm. And I thought that was really smart from DC's perspective to do that for this movie. I did feel like Wonder Woman got a little bit messy in that third act. It fell into the trap of the classic, like, sort of uh, superhero finale where mm-hmm. there's just, like, a shit ton of CGI. So much CGI. Oh, my God. And it was just, like, and you didn't really CGI know. versus CGI. There's, like, Look CGI, at all the CGI fire. Everywhere. And there's, like, electricity for <laughs> yeah. some reason. And I was just, like, I, I didn't really much care for it. And it was hard to tell what was going on in the fight and stuff, but... Like, whatever, you know. So I like still thought it was cool. 95% of it was kick-ass. Yes. <laughs> it was kick-ass. But that was that was the thing I was... Um, I read somewhere how someone was like, you know, in terms of the story, it's been done. Like, mm. it's not really... Like, I don't think it has been done, though. No, no, but I mean, like, if you look at the, like, climactic fight and that kind of uh, thing, like, and the fish-out-of-water thing has... Yeah, but even, for, like... That's also Captain America. Like, yeah. those elements are of it are familiar. Yeah. And I get that. But I was like, the fact that it was a woman changed all Yes, of that. and also, like, that she was coming from a land of women as well, you know? Mm. It's just, like, there was a lot of different representations of what it is to be a strong, powerful woman in there. Mm. Even fucking Dr. Poison, who I love... Like, she's a representation of that to a degree. Like, there were a lot of different versions of it. You could see yourself in Eddie Candy. You could see yourself in Hippolyta. You could see yourself in Aniope. You could see yourself in the awesome bad bitch whose name I can't remember, but the one who's super strong. Um, and Super strong lady. Yeah, you could see yourself in Dr. Poison. Super strong lady, hashtag trademark. Um, but you could see versions of yourself in a lot of that. And usually in movies, women are used to going in and maybe seeing Max 
one or two examples that they can relate to. Mm. And if you can't be it, you can't see it. It's hard to believe that you deserve to be, like, the driver of your own story if you never get to see versions of that show. Mm. Well, there's all those statistics that say that, like, women only make up, like, a fraction of the actual amount yeah. of characters on screen yeah. and stuff like that. Even the crowd, the Gina Davis, Gina Davis Institute for Media and Gender Studies did that really terrifying... Oh, it was, like, the most depressing thing. I was, like crowds and movies yeah. are made up of like 80% men, 20% yeah. women. So if you can't even see yourself in the fucking crowd. Yeah. <sighs> but this is cool. Like this is like, you know, this is a movie where it's I'd actually be really interested in seeing all the dialogue breakdowns and stuff mm. with something like this. Yeah. Um because they do a lot of that kind of research now and um I think it would be super interesting to see what the actual breakdown is and the amount of time someone speaks uh, like the female characters speak mm-hmm. uh, compared to the amount of time that the male characters yeah. speak and yeah. who who the camera is actually focused on yeah. when those when that dialogue's being said. I think all that stuff's really interesting. Yeah, and yeah. we were talking about the way Gal Gadot is shot as well. How like you were comparing it to the difference between this Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad and yeah, one. where it was just like so many gratuitous shots and just I just and you know even in the trailer shots and everything and. This kind of just showed that you don't need to do that. Like, it's not necessary. And also, I guess the difference, though, if you're shooting, if the person behind the, the camera, camera or the person woman, calling the yeah. shots is a woman or a man. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I thought that that part was, that aspect of it was really uh, great. What I do is not up to you. But I, um, in talking about the male characters, I thought Chris Pine was really good. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah. He's great. He's great. Yeah. See, yeah, it's, I feel like Wonder Woman's done more for him than anything else in his career. Like, people love him in Star Wars. Um, Star Wars. People, (laughs) I'm going to get murdered now. People love him in Star Trek, and rightly so. Like, he's so good. And even um, Hello, Hello High Water recently. Mm -hmm. Like, he's a really great actor, and he's really good. But I feel like he's never been more popular or, like, acclaimed as he is right now. Yeah. Which, how often could you say that about a character who, you know, gets murked by the end of it? And who's there to be objectified in a large way, which was great. But he's like, he's, the way he approached it and just how kind of fun and um, cheeky, I yeah. say. Cheeky. Cheeky. Was. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was really good tone, like tone. Yeah. It really fitted the, the tone of the film. So I have a friend, uh, Karina, who was at Supernova recently and she was getting a picture, her and her friend were getting a picture with Chris Hemsworth, who was there as one of the guests. And so she dressed up as Chris Pratt and her friend dressed up as Chris Evans. They each have these dresses and they were going to go as like the holy trinity of Chris's. And I was like, uh, where the fuck is Chris Pine? And she's like, how are we going to do it? And I was like, we'll get his head and put it on a pine cone. And she's like, I don't have pine cones. I was like, don't worry, I got you. So they brought them some <laughs> pine cones and they got this picture with Chris Hemsworth which is fucking amazing, which is them dressed up as Chris Evans, Chris Pratt, and then holding pine cones with Chris Pine's face on it. <laughs> and then Chris Hemsworth in the middle, and it's like the quadrant of Chris's. So good. That's amazing. It's I really amazing. need to see that photo. Yeah, I'll show it to you. Please do. Row. Please do. Um, I'm so glad you liked Wonder Woman, though. Yes, I loved it. I loved just... it. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it for a third time. Oh, my God. Yeah. It gets better every time you watch it. I'm one of those people, if I really love a movie... I always enjoy it more the second time because I'm less caught up in what's happening. And yeah, I can you just can, you relax can actually, and yeah. enjoy the ride. Like, I never forget. The first time I saw Mad Max Fury Road, 
I was having such a <laughs> visceral physical reaction. Palpitation. Like I was like shaking and sweating and I was just like, oh, like I, and I enjoyed it. I remember it seeing so, you after Oh my God. <laughs> I enjoyed it so much more the second time because I could just like take a breath and yeah. I knew what was coming. So I was so wasn't, I wasn't caught up in the events and I could just like actually enjoy it, mm-hmm. which is really good. Um, we do want to talk quickly about, uh, it got announced or not announced leaked. I don't even know the leaked is the right word, but the details of how much Gal Gadot was paid um, as Wonder Woman for this movie was leaked, announced, released. It was $300,000. Uh, I literally found this out several hours ago. Yeah. And, and then we played a game with Character's husband where we like got him to guess the number. What did he say? Like $20 million He said $20 million. I was like, sweet summer child. <laughs> sweet summer child. Try, <laughs> bless you for trying to give someone what they're worth. No, this is Hollywood. <laughs> But, okay, so $300,000, which isn't much, but so she negotiated a deal or her people negotiated a deal where she gets $300,000 per appearance. So she got 300000 for Justice League, um, Bat- oh, no, what is it, fucking Batman versus Martha, and then she got $300,000 <laughs> for Wonder Woman and she get 300000 for Justice League and then from there she'll get to negotiate a new deal, which will hopefully be more. Now, uh, Chris Evans got $300,000 to do Captain America, which is comparatively quite low. Um, Robert Downey Jr. was only 200000 for Iron Man. So was Black Widow. Black Widow for Iron Man 2. Um, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, you know, Scarlett really. Yeah, but also $200,000 for Iron Man 2 is actually quite high was, yeah, for that time, especially its small role and... You know, coming into the second film. Um, also, the there wasn't the Marvel universe in the no. way that there is yeah. now, and it's also like the, those were the first sort of expansive superhero movies to show mm-hmm. that it could work. How much was Chris Hemsworth? He was like a hundred, one hundred and fifty. Was that what Ben was saying before? I have no idea. Chris is Hemsworth that, is that was low. I wasn't listening? No, <laughs> it's fine. I'll just listen and give you notes. Um, I was cooking. And so it's not unheard of, like, that those, those numbers aren't unheard of. But Henry Cavill, who we could argue was the same level of famous as Gal Gadot, as, so he was the same level of famous going to Man of Steel as Gal Gadot was going to Wonder Woman. He got paid $14 million. And so while 300000 200000 might be on par for the Marvel Universe, for the DC Universe, $300,000 is a long way from $14 million. Mm. And then he got 25 for um, Batman First Martha. I don't even want to think what Ben Affleck got. Oh, something crazy, no doubt. But yeah. But, yeah. And, uh, well, it also seems to be that in his contract or whatever he did, if he went up in salary to Batman vs Superman, that he didn't negotiate it per appearance. No. Nope. It was like, here is my one contract and then I'll yeah. get a new one and then... Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's. I don't know. Do you, did he have better management? Did he have better people? Is it ingrained sexism? I don't Is know. Is it that whole thing that Jennifer Lawrence said in that Lenny letter where she was like, yeah. "Oh, I didn't f- like." You know, three hundred thousand dollars is a lot difficult. of money. Like, and if that's your, you know, you're getting a bit of a break yeah. by being cast as this really famous character. Yeah. You don't want to ask for too much. Like, is it like a yeah. self worth thing, or totally. is it? Yeah, yeah. It's you don't kind of hard to be, say. You don't know. You don't want to be seen as difficult. 
because men get to be called assertive or well, like they go after what they want. But yeah. if you want the part, like yeah, if you're gonna push for a higher, will they just say fuck you? Will they just else? get someone else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's that tricky one. I'd be interested to know what Amy Adams has been getting as Lois Lane. Um, yeah, because she's arguably gone into those movies as a big star mm. already, like before Man of Steel. And interestingly, she was in that whole American Hustle kind exactly. of talk. Exactly. When the Jennifer Lawrence thing came out. Yeah. Um, so now we are going to cut to an interview with, um, I don't know, you might have heard of this guy, like Tom Cruise. Um, I'm sorry, who? I'm sorry, who? Tom Cruise. <laughs> Look, originally I wanted to do a whole special episode of FEF Film and Feminism dedicated to The Mummy because I loved it so much. Yet what I've learned following the release of The Mummy <laughs> is that I may be the only person in the world who genuinely loved and liked this movie. So it has been difficult for me to find someone else to come on and do the special episode with, which is where I would have put all these interviews because I interviewed Russell Crowe, Annabelle Wallace, of course, from Peaky Blinders. Oh, my God, she's so good in that show. I fucking die. Um, Sophia Patella, um, Tom Cruise, and Alex Kurtzman. And I could have put all these interviews together, but... You know, I'm thinking that special episode mightn't happen. I feel like if enough people ask for these interviews Maybe. now, though, through Maybe. the podcast. So we're going to do... I'm going to cut into the interview with Tom Cruise, which I did at the Australian premiere of The Mummy. And then we're also going to jump into... What was he like, P.S.? Oh, oh my God. Super nice. Um, I had, it was funny. So um, Mark Fennell, obviously from The Feed, the show mm-hmm. I used to work on and very well known as that movie guy. I was doing an interview with him like the preceding day and he sent me a text afterwards saying, um, <laughs> what was Cruise like? And I was, I said, oh my God, he was fucking fantastic and also a sociopath. Um, <laughs> like, because, you know, he showed up for the premiere of The Mummy an hour and a half before he was scheduled to arrive. So he could Whoa. sign autographs and get photos with every that single person. That never happens. Never. Ne- that is, I've never been In on a carpet. your history of red carpets, and how many times has that happened? No. The only time that someone has even, like, really arrived on time yeah. and, and smashed through things yeah. perfectly was Brad Pitt. Yeah. That's a, for World War Z. I don't think any other time anyone, like, it's never kind of been, like, They've arrived exactly yeah. when they said they would. That's They've interesting like... that Brad Pitt is that person, though, because I, I would argue there's a reason Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise have been two of the biggest movie stars for the past 30-plus mm. years. Mm. And for me, that's why Tom Cruise has, because mm. he shows up and he does the work. Well, the other person who... Um, I can't actually remember if they turned up on time, but Hugh Jackman... Oh, yeah. When he, when he, did, when he did this red carpet for Real Steel years ago, yeah. he spoke to every single person, Dude. regardless of if they were a big <laughs> TV station yeah. or they were, like, video-easy, yeah. blockbuster, whatever, when that's magazine. Yeah. When he was doing fucking Real everyone. Steel. Everyone. He spoke to everyone and spoke to all the fans. Yeah. He's just, like, the nicest person. So we had a phone interview scheduled, and... The time came and went, and I called Disney, and they're like, oh, yeah, they can, you know, this it's just been held up. We'll be in an extra two hours. Okay, okay. Time <laughs> comes and goes. I'm like, hey, and oh, no, he's been held up again. Look, sorry. We'll have to reschedule for the next morning. At this point, I'm thinking, oh, it's not going to happen. Um, and they had all my details and stuff, and I was like, okay. And they're like, well, we might see if we can do it later on. No, I can't do it. It'll be tomorrow at some point. We'll let you know the time. I was like, all right. So I go home. I go back to my life. I'm like having dinner and just like chilling out in my room. This is this is back when I still live with my grandparents. This is going back a while. And my phone rings and it's like eight thirty, nearly nine at night. Answer it. I'm like, hello. I sorry, I answered it going yellow. 
like a <laughs> fucking idiot. Never answer the phone that way because it's always someone famous. I go, yellow. He goes, hey, uh, hey, Murray, how you going? And it's like, and some person's eating on the other end. I can hear them eating. And I'm like, good, who's this? And he's like, oh, it's Hugh. And I was like, Hugh who? And he's like, Hugh Jackman. And I was like, holy shit, Hugh Jackman. He's like, yeah, yeah. Like, sorry, we missed the interview today. I got held up with this thing. And they wanted me to do it for like tomorrow. But I figured you wouldn't mind if I called out. And I was like, no, I mean, that's fine. Let me just get my notepad and shit. And so I'm like running through the house on the phone to Hugh Jackman. And my grandparents are like, who is it? I'm like, oh, it's Hugh Jackman. Just never mind. It was fucking Bianca's. He's a nice guy. He's um, a really... I just snorted really badly before. I think I just hurt my throat oh my God. laughing at that. It was bizarre. It was it's just amazing. like, what? Um, what? This is back when I like lived with my grandparents on the Gold Coast. This is... Um, hilariously, I've also had a phone call from Hugh Jackman oh. at my parents' house. Was he eating? Um, no, he was in a taxi. Oh, like Classic From Hugh. somewhere in Paris to somewhere oh, else same. in Paris. Wicked. So it was like 11.30 at night when I did this interview. It was hilarious. So That's like, so funny. This you. must be like standard behavior for him. Like if he misses a time or something, he'll just go, oh, just No, this was more it. like... I'm going to be able to do this interview in this 10-minute window when yeah. I'm in a car somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Anyway, lovely, lovely guy. guy. Lovely guy. Yeah, so Hugh lovely? Jackman, Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. Super lovely. <laughs> Signed all these autographs to people, took photos with everyone. Um, comes up, we're doing the interview and stuff on the red carpet. Interview's going great. I'm wearing a Universal Movie Monsters dress, which he fucking loved because he's a guy who, like, always shows up, like, buffed and polished and looking like a movie star he's he's a guy who puts in the work like who understands that i'm gonna pay a lot of money to be here and all my female co-stars uh you know spent hours getting ready and are wearing thousands of dollars of fashion and garments and diamonds and shit the least i can do is like show up in a really nice dior home suit that's tailored and looks good okay cool sweet so i'm wearing my universal movie monsters dress and he's <laughs> like that's fucking awesome that is so cool high five and I was like, ah! And so sorry, did you high five? Not only did we high five, it was like a full on fucking up. Okay, then give me this. Yep. And then slick it in. Oh. And then oh. pop it at the end. Oh. And shit. so for those who didn't see, we're going to go, we'll do it again because <laughs> this is a podcast. Okay. So go stand and high five. five and then it slips back yeah. into the half, half semi gripping fist and then you slip out and then you pump a fist at the end. So you got all these so rings. So it's a, th- it's a three that... way. Well, he doesn't wear rings. No, you did. Oh, yeah. That hurts. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, he's Tom Cruise. His all hands right. are fine. Yeah. Um, so that's not that. You never know you're going into one of those handshakes to begin with. You go in for a normal yes. high five and then I was just like, fuck yeah. Like at the end, I was like, oh my God. I mean, t- yeah, I'll just give Tom Cruise a high five. And then he's, <laughs> he's moving through the movements and I was You're just po- going with it. <laughs> I've been poised because my mates at NRTV had, like, that's how they say hello. The first time I ever met them, they, like, put out the high five, like, hey, sis, like, Danny at NITV, shout out for teaching me this handshake. And I was like, ah, 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 like, I didn't know how to move through the movements. It was, like, the most terrifying thing ever. So after, you know, over a year, almost two years working at SBS, they've really, like... You've got the handshake. They've brought me up to speed on, like, the fucking cool people's handshake. So Tom Cruise throws up this handshake, and I all, like, high-five slash shake thing, and I'm fucking through the movements. It was seamless. It was literally seamless. It was so seamless, in fact, that the two journalists on either side of me were like, 
that was a sick handshake. They literally turned and like, you just gave Tom Cruise a sick handshake. And like, Tom Cruise drove that. He drove that handshake. I didn't know what I was going in for. I thought we were going for a standard high five at most. <clears throat> anyway, he was lovely. So this is that interview with Tom Cruise. Welcome to a new world of gods and monsters. <laughs> Hi, Tom, how are you? Maria, so lovely to meet you. Loved the movie, it was incredible. Now it's love been... your hair, it's oh, thank so cool. You. Thanks, well I wore a mummy dress just I for you guys. I love it, man, so. I love it, come on, yes. You gotta go on theme yes. or get the fuck yes. out, yes. right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, it has been 20 years since you first dived into the world of monsters. What made you want to dip your toe back in the water with the mummy? It's really, you know, first of all, Alex, you know, I worked with on Mission 3. Yes. And he sent me a photo of Sophia yeah. as the mummy. This is amazing. And I went, this is amazing. And Universal kind of, we really didn't have a script, but they just did a whole presentation. I, I love these movies. Mm. I love the monster, the classic mummy monster yeah. movies. And, and Dracula and the Wolfman. And, and they just said, this is, they want to create this dark universe. And, you know, Alex, I have such respect for him. And to be able to come in just as a storyteller and, and really help set the paradigm for this world. But also kind of go, what can we do with the tone of something like this? Mm -hmm. You know, in modern day, to really to separate the difference between horror for me and what horror has become in modern day and kind of going back to classic horror, we're saying, or, or what I think we have to redefine it today as a monster movie. Yes. You know, and, and say it's not horror. And and what is it that we can, you know, tonally, what can we create? What can we, how do we create this to satisfy an audience? And, you know, we started talking about things like, what do we want the film to be? Scary, of course. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Still has a lot of liberty, though. It has yes, joy. Exactly, and it's got to look beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, you want it to have humor and adventure. So when you're dealing with all these kind of tones on this scale of a film, and also with the action and everything, it was, it was just a great, you know, challenge. Uh, to, to do it and, yeah. and we've got to create this fun character you know? well you guys nailed it I had such a wonderful yeah, time so I loved glad. it and the person it's made so for us so I was yes, stoked so cool. thank you I so much Jeez. Thank you. <laughs> thanks a lot see and we've got one more interview from The Mummy with Sophia Botella uh, who plays The Mummy she plays the title character and she was the best. Have you seen, I assume you've seen Kingsman Secret Service? I have, yes. Oh my God. Oh, she was the She's one Razor with Legs. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's Not cool. the correct title of her character, Razor Legs. I was going to say the one with the like, Razor Legs. Sword Legs. Yeah. Okay, so she used to be a hip hop dancer. And she like was in Missy Elliott video clips and Madonna and Janet Jackson. Oh my God, that's testament to like you fucking at the top of your game. She's an incredible athlete. And one of the things I love so much about having a female mummy, but also having her specifically, was they didn't rely too heavy on prosthetics or CGI with her. They kept the special effects pretty minimal. And so the thing that's menacing about her is all in her physicality. Anyway, she was awesome. And so this is a chat with Sophia Batella at the Australian premiere of The Mummy. Hi, how are you going? Yeah, your dress is like so nice. thing I wore it for so you. Cool. <laughs> yeah, well, it's Where did you get? Did you make it? No, I had a friend make it. You bought the, the, the fabric, yeah. yeah. Um, just from a market in uh, Camden. Do you want to change? Yeah, let's 
swapsies. I think yours might be more expensive, just quietly. Um, just more heavy. Just a little bit. Yeah, no, go for it. Get it. Um, yeah, movie versions of the of the mummy are a bit of a sausage fest. What's it like to play one of the few female mummy? Yeah. It's fun, and you know, I think it needs to be more female monsters out there, and and more even strong female characters out there all together. Yeah. Um, it was an honor also because Boris Karloff is is somebody who made that role iconic. Mm -hmm. He is someone who I admired growing up. I grew up watching the Nemi movies, and uh, you know, I love how horror films always and monster movies always gave me the opportunity to transport my imagination in places where any other movies wouldn't and um, and so you know over 80 years later I've been, I've been giving that opportunity so it was an honor for me I, I was nervous at first but I put my heart and soul into it yeah. and I thought you know what if you're gonna walk in this first step better do it do right it, so yeah. work hard I researched ancient Egypt uh, Egyptian mythology I researched how kings and queens used to carry themselves and how they talk mm -hmm. that was essential for me at least yeah and I mean in the traditional <coughs> universal movie monsters and the ones like Boris Karloff was in and Bela Lugosi the monsters are actually kind of anti-heroes and you feel for them and I feel like definitely you feel for your character she's not just black and white she's quite complex she is she is she's complex you know I think anytime some you see a nemesis in a movie or a monster even if it's a creature you know I don't think anything on this planet even if it's from your imagination is born evil yeah and they need to have a reason to become evil and that was essential for me me and Alex and Tom talked at length about what could be that reason and then yeah. they came up with something that I think unusual and, yeah. and creative and that gave fed me and gave me the right places to um, to, to, to go and die from and get that, that, that anger, that pain from in order to play the character and make her that, you know, that, that viscerally violent. Yeah. Um, now I'm a massive fan of your work as a hip-hop dancer. Who would be your favourite hip-hop, female hip-hop artist of all time? <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> My favourite fema female, female yeah. hip-hop artist. artist of yeah. all time? Yeah. I love this dancer called Asia One. Oh. She's a B-girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's incredible. Yeah. And I've always admired her and I got a chance to dance with her when I first started dancing yeah. hip-hop. Yeah. And uh, I think she's phenomenal. Yeah. Thank you so much. So Thank lovely you. to meet you. Lovely meeting you. See you. Thank you. I saw her. She is real. Please meet Princess Amanet. She will claim what she has been denied. And therein ends my interviews on The Mummy. I actually have many more and I would like to... I would like to play them at some point, but... <laughs> Why don't you just do a special one-off pod where it's just It's like, just me in a room back and, <laughs> back and forth. It's just like, hey, so this is the next interview. And play. Yeah. And this I is did the a, And play. Okay, so I did a YouTube review of The Mummy, right? <laughs> and I'm like... You were so obsessed with this movie. Oh my God, I fucking love it. And I'm so excited they're doing a dark universe, although I hope Johnny Depp go fucks himself and they pick someone else to do the Invisible Man, although even if he doesn't, at least he's going to be invisible for most of the movie. But I think it, I think I just saw something today about like the new Godzilla movie. Is that part of the monster? No, universe? well that's, they call it Monsterverse. So yeah. the, the Universal Movie Monsters is the Dark Universe. Although in my mind, I'm like, why didn't you call it Universal Monster Movies? Because that's what they're called. They're called Universal Monster Movies. 
and monster movie monsters like the mummy wolfman um fucking phantom the opera invisible man dracula that's they're all that universe the godzilla and fucking kong that's like legendary pictures and oh right legendary pictures and warner bros i think it is so different but they call it the monster verse okay which is interesting because at at the end of Kong Skull Island, which I loved so much, I really loved it. It's probably one of the movies I've enjoyed most in twenty seventeen. There's a, a like a end of credit scene that links um, that movie to Godzilla, and that's what they're heading into, um, so that they're all interconnected. Everyone's creating their own verse. Well, that kind of makes sense because they always existed, Universe. but it was like a very like sort of old school thing like Godzilla vs. War of the Gargantuans and shit like that. It was very old school. Great. So I was going to do the mummy review on YouTube so I did but I was like oh, I'll just give this short like mummy like I automatically <laughs> Five think. hours later. So that's just kind of what I think just, I'm, in a nutshell. I was going for three minute video review of the mummy. 15 minutes later <laughs> and so the final version was 17 and I edited it down to 15 but I'm just like I could fucking talk about that movie for like forever really dug it maybe i'll put a call out on twitter and see if there's any any women who love the mummy movie as much as me who want to come on and co-host a special mummy episode um i just like to put it out there that i am not against this movie yeah i just haven't seen just it. haven't seen it yeah 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 doesn't bode well though statistically speaking what do you mean well out of everyone i know i'm the only one that's liked it actually that's not true there's a mate of mine nate really liked it <laughs> I know it sounds like a made-up person. I swear to fuck it isn't. I swear to God, Nate exists. Nate, I know you're out there. No. So there's two of us. I feel like we spent more time laughing in the last, like, 15 minutes. Let let me break this down for you. Two of us out of everyone else I know like this movie. I look forward to watching it one day. Thank you. I feel, I'm, like, you know what? I'm holding hope. I'm hoping that it's going to be a John Carter. I really liked the, um, the ones, the Brendan Fraser ones. Yeah. Well, they're all in the same universe. I watched them when I was a teenager. Did you know that? Um, I did because of one of your stories that you wrote. One of the 50 articles. And, uh, one of the, like, 20 million (laughs) Facebook slash Twitter posts. Where you're like, oh my God, people. Did you know... Sometimes in this game, there are benefits to being first and sometimes there are not. And the fucking 25 million stories that came after my exclusive, might I just say, that was about how Brendan Fraser's mummy and Tom Cruise's mummy are interconnected universes. The amount of stories that literally ripped mine verbatim and didn't credit it, I was like, ugh. You know, I've been. Oh, was yours the exclusive on that? T- it was. It was. I the read world it, exclusive. but I read it because I was. It reading was the your world stuff rather exclusive. Than... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. go fuck yourself. No, it's fine. If you like, I. You know. You know what it's like. I've been a journalist for thirteen years. I'm used to being ripped. You mm-hmm. know, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it really doesn't matter. Nobody remembers who was first, so it's not important. But anyway, maybe I'll do a. A mummy special lab. I feel, I honestly feel like it's going to be like a John Carter um, or Man from Uncle where people come around. Oh, we were talking about Shawshank Redemption earlier. Yeah, but that was different. That was like people didn't see it. Oh, okay. And people didn't it. Like was a box it. office and critical. Yeah, it wasn't like, like, it wasn't, it just didn't make much of an impression either way. But then you have yeah. like, this kind of actually a little bit like Event Horizon. 
which is having its 20th anniversary at the moment. Mm. And that was a movie that came out and it was just like with a cough and a whimper in 1997. Mm-hmm. And then it gained all this traction well, on apparently VHS. Anchorman was similar. It was. Yeah. It definitely it was. It released and everyone was like, meh. I yeah. don't know, a single person and who saw Anchorman at the cinema. Yeah, I didn't. Even Zoolander as well. Yeah, Zoolander, Zoolander was like that. Yeah. There's a lot of movies like that. So, may I don't know, maybe we'll get, meh. Yeah. I don't know. I it's also like I feel like also one of my favorite movies, Scott Pilgrim, apparently was not oh my God. like a big box office. Thing, it wasn't at all. But but like, Scott Pilgrim went from like being released to cult hit in like twenty four hours. It was nuts. Yeah, it was like people were trying to write the history of that movie, and it had been out for maybe three days. It was like it instantly went from being a cult classic. It's so strange. Like, what do you mean when it was in the cinema? Like, it was out and everyone's, like, it w- didn't hit at the box office in the way that people had hoped it would yeah. and the way that, you know, they'd budgeted it for to, you know, release like that. But instantly it was, like, beloved by people and it yeah. was, like, the thing that if you could quote Scott Pilgrim, you were, like, let into a certain club. It was, like, the in-joke Man, I thing. didn't get let into any club. Oh, I fucking did. <laughs> oh, my God. There were Scott Pilgrim parties being hosted at this bar. It was called Manor Bar in Brisbane. Oh my god, you're so serious? Weird. Yeah. I wasn't I no. want to go to the Scott Pilgrim party. I'll let you in. Maybe I'll see what we can do. Yeah. Yeah, April Bright follows me on Twitter. What? I know. I know. I literally have no idea why. Oh my yeah. gosh, I can't wait to see Baby Driver. I'm so fucking excited. I'm so excited. So excited. You know, they're coming, they're doing. Yeah. The, so there's a screening, which is like two weeks before the Australian premiere. And I'm like, I'm obviously going to the screening, but. I just don't cover premieres unless I really give a shit about the movie. The Mummy, case in point. Because <laughs> premieres are just such a fucking, you know, you get there, yeah. they want you to be there so early, you stand there waiting around yeah. in the cold or whatever for hours to get a few minutes, if that. Like, it's such a bull egg. I would rather just not do it yeah. and just be like, fuck it. But I do love it, right? And every time I've interviewed him in the past, he's been super wonderful. So I'm like, oh, maybe if I love the movie, I'll do it. But I also don't really want to interview Ansel or Lily. Like, I think they're interesting and they seem like they're really good at their jobs. But I just I, I just would rather interview Edgar Wright for, like, 15 minutes, if that's cool. I'd rather just interview Edgar Wright for, like, Oh, my hours. God. You could literally... Hours. You could interview Edgar Wright on bathroom tiles and it would be fucking riveting. <laughs> like, he's just got interesting yeah. shit to say on everything. It's, yeah. I also just love his movies. His movies are great. Oh my god, we've been doing the pacing of it is so amazing. Editing, some of the best, like consistently from space, yeah, right through to the world's end. Some of the best edited movies ever, and most consistent execution of storytelling. Like I was speaking to um, this, that he's like he he created the Wizards of Oz. I don't know if you saw that, Michael Shanks. Yeah, anyway, I did did see. He was telling me this thing about why he loves Edgar Wright, and he was saying because the jokes. There are jokes in the editing. Like, yeah. the, there are yeah. jokes that Visual are part. Yeah. yeah. And you don't get that a lot because a lot of comedy now is, like, improvised and it's all about, like, whatever happens in the moment and you mm. have, like, a wide shot. Yeah. Whereas these, it's so purposefully done. It's so clever. Anyway. Yeah. There's even that. I'm so, I've been re-watching a lot of Edgar Wright stuff in preparation for Baby Driver. But I fucking love that bit in Hot Fuzz where he, he goes, the fascist. She's like, what? And he's like, seven across, word for dictator. And she's like, oh. And then hag. He's like, three across, word for evil old wench. And then later in the movie, he screams at her. She screams at him, fascist. And he screams back, hag. Like, there's so many layers to jokes. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. This yeah. stuff's great. 
Anyway, this is what we're supposed to be talking about. Wow. Feminist of the episode. Oh, yeah. Wow, that was... Great segue. Just such a good segue. I know. It was really well done. Anyway, really neck minute. Um, <laughs> How was that for some smooth Edgar Wright level editing? Um, so, yeah. my feminist of the episode yes. is actually... All of the women who went and saw Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, it is very broad. Broad. Um, She's making sweeping gestures <clears throat> with her arms. Yes, I am. Yes. Yeah, everyone. Um, <laughs> and no, I say that and I uh, because the box office was fantastic. Fucking her huge. And... Um, you know, not just the women, like all the guys that saw it, all the all the guys all who the, wanted to see strong, interesting, yeah, kick-ass, complex ladies all the, on the big screen all the too. Women and the and the dads and people who took their kids yeah. and like just just the people who supported that mo- that movie and have loved it as much as Especially we. Especially in the context of uh, Warner Bros and DC, really not leaning into the marketing at all. Mm. In fact, it felt like they didn't think it was going to be a hit. And they were so sure that female superhero movies weren't going to work that they started pulling back on the marketing and shit. In the but it just needed word of mouth. Like, word of mouth can just do so much. The, I, as soon as the um, reviews started coming in, I feel like there was, like, a lot like a lot of positive reviews and all that kind well, of stuff. Well, it wasn't just then, the positive. It was unanimously positive reviews. And I then it, it was... was 90, it's 90-something 90 on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, it's, like, 96, which is fucking crazy. But it was also... All these people, who, like, I was one of those people who were sitting on the fence. I didn't enjoy the trailers. I was really worried about this movie because I didn't feel like DC and Warner Bros. understood the characters very well. And I feel like one of the reasons the Marvel movies have worked really fabulously is because they've had fans people... Fans have made them kind of seem... Fans have, yes, but they had people... Um, who worked in the comic books working on the movies, and they had people who were fans of the comic books. Did you see that some the of the references to frames of the Wonder Woman comics, like the ice cream yeah. reference and stuff? Yeah. yeah, it was really fucking sweet. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a good feminist of the episode. I'm gonna stay in theme with uh, my feminist of the episode is Tom Cruise. No, um, <laughs> fuck no. Um, my feminist of the episode is Patty Jenkins, the director of Wonder Woman. Who, this is only her second feature. What? Yes. Her first movie was Monster 12 years ago. Oh my God. Where she directed Charlie's Theron to an Oscar. Wonder Woman is only her second movie. She's done some TV and stuff in between. But she literally began talks uh, with people about doing the Wonder Woman movie 10 years ago. So she's been on the hustle for a long time. And keep in mind, in that 10 years... We nearly had Wonder Woman as seen in George Miller's Justice League mm-hmm. movie, which would have been played by Megan Gale. Um, we nearly had a Lucy Lawless Wonder Woman oh, um, wow. based on the Joss Whedon script. And, yeah, we had Adrian Pilecki's Wonder Woman um, on television that David E. Kelly did. There were a lot of different versions. So she really fucking hung in there and got this through. And one of the reasons I really wanted to put her as feminist of the episode was the No Man's, scene, no Man's Land scene. Um, which for a lot of people is a highlight of the movie. Mm. DC wanted to cut Warner. Sorry, I shouldn't say DC. Warner Brothers wanted to cut it, and Patty fought for it because Warner's didn't get it. They didn't think it was important. You could just get rid of it. The story would move along, and she fought for that scene. And I'm really glad she did because mm. one of my favorite bits of the movie. But you also got to be like, can you imagine the pressure that was on her? Because that's a thing for for someone like her. It's if the movie does well, great. 
Um, if the movie does badly... If the movie does well, it's a movement. <clears throat> yeah. If, if the movie, movie does, does badly, badly, it is a reflection of a female directors not being yeah. able to... Yeah. Um, it was, she was never going to be taken kind of, yeah. on individual work, ever. So... So, yeah. I think it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. I think, shout out to her, she did a really fucking good job. And directed the shit out of that movie, man. Directed the shit out of it. It's written by six white dudes... And, you know, the strongest parts of that movie, like, obviously the performances are great, but it's just, like, the visuals, man. She's just, like, oh, directed the shit out of it. Anyway, thank you so much for coming back to do an episode of a Wonder Woman-esque episode. Thank you so much for asking me. You're so welcome. Yeah. If you see The Mummy and you like it, um, will you send (laughs) me a text? Maybe I'll return. Yeah. Because, yeah. The return of... I tell you what. I tried to make a mummy joke there. It didn't work. The return of the no. Um, that fucking first. As you okay. If you're a regular <laughs> listener, last thing I'll say about mummy. I swear to God. If you're a regular listener of this so podcast, so Maria likes it. Don't know if you know. Shut your mouth. Um, the interview I did with Daniel Radcliffe, which I believe is episode fourteen. So if you go back, almost. Oh. Uh, Wow, it's memory. A, it's yeah. Well done. It's a while because I was just looking through the other day because it's our most listened to episode. Shocker, I know. Um, in that interview, I'm interviewing him for Victor Frankenstein, another mm-hmm. wildly, uh, you know, criticized movie that I happen to enjoy. Um, <laughs> so I'm interviewing him about that movie, and we literally go into a tangent talking about how great Brendan Fraser's mummy movie is and how like Rachel Weiss was one of his first crushes and stuff. But um, I was saying to him in that interview that they should have marketed Victor Frankenstein like they did the first mummy movie. And he's like, Oh my God. Yes. Why didn't we do that? Oh fuck. Well, I hope it's not too late. And it was too late because that movie <laughs> bombed really badly. But that first Brendan Fraser mummy movie is perfect. Yeah. I think it's, it's really great. Fucking I really perfect. like it. The scarab thing still plays in my mind sometimes. It's really scared me. It's such a perfect movie. It has everything. It has heart. It has humor. It has heroics and it has horror. It is so good. It yeah. is so good. Rachel Weisz's character is amazing. She's the best. Love it. Full of agency, drive, yeah. badass, feminist. You also have a female hero and a female villain. Oh, it's so cool. And I also love that for years people thought Imhotep was played by Billy Zane. And it wasn't Billy Zane. <laughs> so it's thought that was never Billy been Zane. Billy Zane. Oh, oh, I can kind of see that. Yeah, it's the gen- for years, everyone just assumed it was Billy Zane. And I would literally get into arguments with no. people. It's not Billy Zane. Yeah, it's but no, it's like, it's not Billy Zane. Yeah, it's no. Just, okay, trust me, all right? I'm really into the Phantom and Dead Calm. <laughs> I can tell you that's not Billy Zane. Uh, anyway. I love when people try to argue with something that you know is true. It's not Billy Zane. It's not Billy Zane. But you didn't have IMDb then on your phone. Whereas now you do. I had you can be like... IMD me in my brain. <laughs> and I can oh, tell you. Look at that wordplay there. It's almost like well, I get paid to write. What? <laughs> Hire me. Ah. <laughs> Let's end it on that. That's good. If you liked what you just heard, please like and review the F Yeah Film and Feminism podcast on iTunes. You can also find them on SoundCloud. And please check out the website, fyeahfilmandfeminism.tumblr.com. You follow the hosts and Maria Lewis at Movie Maz, also with two Zs. If you want to leave feedback, suggest a guest, or throw forward a film, TV show, book, or whatever for the girls to discuss, you can do so on the Tumblr page. 
Okay, I'm not going to say the story I was just about to say then. <laughs> if she shits on the couch? No, that's not what I was going to say.